down to is Kyrie Irving. When you talk about him being his team, it's not the Boston Celtics. It's Danny Ainge's team. It's Brad Stevens' team. People are talking like we won't still have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. And don't forget about Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, Brad Stevens, and Danny Ainge. Welcome to the Celtic Center. Welcome to the Celtic Center. My name is Brendan. We got Tim and Cody on here today. And the big news going on, practically confirmed that Kemba is going to be coming to Boston. Woj and Stephen A. Smith both saying this, that Kemba was offered a five-year, not quite the Supermax, but would be $20 million more than what the Celtics could offer. But it is very close to, it seems as close as you can get to confirm that Kemba is going to be coming to Boston for a four-year, $141 million contract. I mean, this just happened pretty much today. What were your guys' reactions? Mm-mm. <laughs> I am I'm beyond stoked. I mean, it. so it sucked because the only reason they're even able to go and get a guy like Kemba is because Al Horford left. Um, but, you know, Kemba is one of those guys that literally he's been in the same franchise for eight years, and they've done just about nothing to build around him. You know, I was looking at stuff earlier, and I was talking in the chats about it, But, you know, you've got Kemba Walker drafted in 2011. And since then, like, who are the the top five Hornets players outside of him that have played uh, with him? You know, you've got Al Jefferson around, like, 2013, 2014, post-prime Al Jefferson. Um, Jeremy Lamb has to be in there. (laughs) Uh, Batum for, like, maybe a season, and then he hasn't lived up to the contract since then. I think Bismack Diambo, you could probably mention in there. (laughs) <laughs> and like maybe like did I, did, I, did, I, did, I mention, did I mention Jeremy Lamb already? <laughs> yeah, it's not very okay. well ran. I mean, it's it's bad. It's terrible, and it, it kind of sucks because you figure you get something better from a guy like Michael Jordan. But I don't know. I feel like certain players they become GMs and they just suck. I mean, between him and Magic Johnson, you know, two of the greatest basketball players ever, and they both suck at managing rosters. Yeah. I mean, you would think that if they knew they were going to let Kemba walk, that they would have traded him during last year before the tra- before the deadline. I mean, it doesn't make sense to just let him go for yeah. nothing. Charlotte, it's not like they even have money to spend if Kemba's not there. They were going to bring back Kemba and then have to let Lamb walk and anybody else because we talked about it before they came on. There's Batum, there's Biumbo, there's Marvin Williams, there's Michael Kidd Gilchrist. And they're just all terrible contracts. I mean, there's no bright side even when Kemba's gone. Are they eating his contract still, Mozgov's contract? Or did that get flipped around? Because I know Brooklyn had originally done that deal. And then there was also Dwight Howard, too. Yeah. For a little while. I mean, like, I just don't know what the hell they're thinking. And I agree, you know, like, if you're, if you've got a star like that and you think he's going to bolt, you know, it, I, I don't know. They should have been pursuing yeah. trades. If they weren't even going to try and sign him, they should have been pursuing trades to at least, I don't know, dump a little salary, try and get you, some picks or something. You, you could have got, anything. you could have got what Memphis got for Conley pretty much, I feel like. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Throw my oh. two cents. Like, it didn't make sense for them to let him go just because they weren't shopping him before. So it makes, like you said, makes zero sense to let a player who, you know, who had a, a great season. I remember the first few weeks of the season, we were talking Kemba Walker for MVP. He was having career that type season, of season. Man, career season. He came, he, came, he came down to earth a little bit, but like you said, he still had a career season. Um, He's a very capable player, very good point guard. And, 
my for my money, he's a top twenty-five player, if not a seven. He's a top thirty player guaranteed. And he was on a great contract. He signed a four year after his rookie deal was out, he had a four year forty eight, which was I believe the near the max as you could get at that time when the game was about two deals back deal back. It kinda of like how uh, Draymond Green was on a really good contract. Butler low contract the CB at that time about so much, but Kemba was on a great deal, and you knew this roster wasn't going anywhere. So, like I said, like you guys said, why not trade him then? You're basically just letting Kemba Walker, who you could have got at least the bare minimum a Mike Conley type deal, which is a late round draft pick and some other you know pieces you can get there. Um, and if you traded him two or three years earlier, if you saw the the truth in the pudding, and you saw all this to fruition, you knew you weren't going to resign it, you didn't believe in your ability to sign a phrase to Charlotte. And then, at that time, Marvin Williams was a really good role player, and probably could have dumped his contract. Uh, I think someone would have took a swing at Michael K. Gilchrist. I think if Kemba was the first domino to fall, this whole roster would look completely di- different, and they'd have be in a good place, but right now, Charlotte is not in that good, of, you know, like you said, Michael Jordan isn't a good GM. We've seen that years and years. Drafting. Kemba was probably his only good draft pick he had, to be fair. That's panned out. So this is a yeah. weird move. I just thought he wasn't going to the Celtics or anything because the Charlotte Hornets would do everything in their power to keep him there. But if they're not content he's a super max type player, at least for their city, then him to Boston, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I was very here or, nor there about it, but now that he's here, I'm kind of getting pretty. Yeah, I, I didn't even see this, as you were saying, I didn't even see this as a, even close to the realm of possibility. Like, this wasn't even right, yeah. my radar. Because he's one of those guys that, you know, if he's capable of getting the Supermax, you pay him that. If you're yeah. Charlotte, I mean, you're not going to get any better right now. The only thing you could do is package salary with picks to try and get better players. I personally, if I'm Michael Jordan, um, I'm not trusting myself to draft players that are good enough to build around outside of what you've already got. But, you know, maybe this is just a mismanagement of the situation, similar to what happened with the Lakers uh, today, you know, with Woj dropping the bomb earlier, saying they're trading Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, Jeremy O. Jones to the Wizards just to get another max slot. So, like, that's another situation where it's like crucial mismanagement of assets. You know, it's all about timing and getting things, you know, all your ducks in a row. And maybe they just weren't thinking that with the Hornets. I mean, they're, they've got a lot of bad money on the books right now. And maybe they just kind of need to ride out the storm or who knows, maybe even Jordan's trying to sell the team. It's, it's all just a matter of time where something kind of just falls apart there. And the fact that Kemba's even considering leaving. You know, that's it's a it's a blow to Charlotte. I'm I'm stoked. I hope that the Celtics close the deal here. Um let let Penn go to paper at this point, uh, especially with the Lakers clearing up that max spot. But I don't know, K- Kemba and Boston will be something. I just wonder how they build up the rest of the roster from there, especially yeah. with some needs at the five. Yeah, it's historically, I mean Charlotte hasn't kept anyone. Larry Johnson was gone, uh Alonzo Morning gone, Baron Davis gone, Glenn Rice gone. Whether traded or went their own separate ways in free agency, they have never kept a player. So I would assume that you what know, Dell, did Dell stay around? 
Adele was there for a little bit, but he wasn't a superstar player. He was more of a fan, good role player. But like he was never the caliber of a Larry Johnson. He was one of the better players in the game. Um, you know, Alonzo Mourning when they were at their peaks in their early years in Charlotte. I mean, it from a standpoint, it's like this: Will, Is Kemba Walker worthy of a supermax? Who knows? <laughs> it's him, Who right? knows if he's worthy of it? I mean, like you. You never know if he's worthy of the Supermax, right, Cody? Like, it's you, you kind of have to have the player display. Yeah, that sorry, ability. I cut out. Yeah, so <laughs> it's he's like, not worthy match. of the Supermax in terms of, like, is he a Supermax player? But it's one of those things where that franchise needs Kemba. So they have to do everything in their right to – you see this with bad teams, good players on bad teams all the time, where they're not yeah. superstar players. So at the end of the day, when their contract is done, you're like, wow, well, this contract is awful. Kind of like – uh you know, the Miguel Cabrera contract and, and, and baseball. He's getting $30 million to do nothing because he's old now, but they needed to keep him around. Well, and here's the thing, too, is if the worst comes the worst is you sign him to this big contract. He's 29. You know, if you sign him to a five-year Supermax, you've got another trade ship that you can move around. You know, if it, in, in a year, if Charlotte's in a really bad spot, and they're not going anywhere at all, much like what they're doing right now, you can at least flip him in a deal. Similar to what we were talking about with Conley. Granted, Conley is two years, three years older at this point, and he's getting paid one of the heftiest contracts in the league, and that would have happened if Kemba got a Supermax, but you're still getting a guy who has incrementally increased you know, his stats every year. I mean, he, as we were talking about earlier, he had a career season this past season, and he's got nobody around him. And it's, you know, not a shot across, you know, shot across the bow against Charlotte in terms of their coaching or anything. But imagine what he can do in a system like Brad Stevens, you know, where he capitalizes on, you know, guards that are capable of handling shooting the three and with a team that's just full of wings that can pick and pop and play defense, just interchangeable team roster building. You know, I'm very excited, not even just from a Celtics fan standpoint, but I want to see what Kemba can do. In Boston system, every single the last three point guards we've seen in the Boston system have excelled and had statistically amazing seasons. You know, you look at right. it, you look at uh, even Kyrie. Granted, playoffs were a nightmare, but you know he had two of his best statistical seasons in Boston. So a guy like Kemba, who is not quite as good as Kyrie, but still does not have as much of a headache, is a better leader, um, and is still capable of pulling up in the clutch. I. I'll take that nine times out of ten as opposed to, you know, the alternative. And you mentioned the previous guys to really excel in Boston. I mean, he reminds me of Isaiah Thomas a lot. I think that he might have a nastier crossover. He can create for himself a little better off that jumper. But the way that he uses his body when he gets down low, and we saw Kyrie really avoid contact. Celtics were always like bottom five in free throw attempts. Kemba by himself will raise that up a lot. I think Jason and Jalen will get to the line more as well. Um, my issue is that, do you think that Kemba makes the Celtics a championship contender right now? Um, I think that he's a fine replacement with Kyrie. I think you're going to get close to the same production there, but losing Al Horford to me really knocks us out of championship contention. Even if we have Kemba, I feel like I do think that we're in Eastern conference finals range, but not enough of that final tick to get us to championship because I do question our defense and it's really this five, but Al being the anchor made up for so much previously 
do you guys think that with Kemba we are in the championship race? You got to beef up well, at the five spot. I think with yeah. Kemba now, talks of Capella, Stephen Adams, that's definitely on the table now, especially with Danny Trader. Trader as in trade. <laughs> Double cross backstab you. But <laughs> he, uh, it's in the realm of possibility. And my. For this offseason, I was content with keeping the young guys, not making many moves, and just sort of using this year to scope out how, what we're going to use for the future. Is Jalen Brown going to be worth the, the contract he's going to be up for? Um, or is he, does not, does he fit? Basically, is do you fit or do you not fit with the timeline? Looking. That's what I wanted this season to be. With Kemba Walker, that now adds, well, now we're kind of competing now. We're definitely a playoff team with Kemba Walker. That's a hundred, especially in the Eastern. We're probably a top six seed, top five seed now with Kemba Walker. Just add a really good point guard to an already team. There you go. Yeah. Are we championship contender? If Toronto keeps their team, we're not better than Toronto. We're not better than Milwaukee. If they, uh, even if like Brogdon leaves or if Lopez leaves, I still don't think we're better than Milwaukee. I think. Giannis is just too good that it's necessarily close. Philadelphia, depending on what they do, maybe we're better than Philadelphia if they get rid of Jimmy Butler. But I still think Philadelphia is a better team now. Do that with Baines and Horford out, who had joint city of Joel Embiid. And then you have Indiana. I think we're, we were very similarly built Indiana with that one star guy and then pretty good pieces around him. I think we're, we're fringe top five. Yeah, I, I'm on board with you there. And then I do really like the idea of Steven Adams, Clint Capella. I just don't know how that money works. Um, the Celtics would have 37 million to spend. 33 of it goes to Kemba. Then you're stuck with $4 million. So the only way that you're getting Clint Capella, Steven Adams, you'd have to give up. I mean, even if you put Gershon and Robert Williams and you rate and you wave Simi Ojale, you're not getting to their money. So, I mean, unless you're willing to include Marcus Smart, which I would guess none of us are, I don't think it's very realistic to get either one of those guys. I think what would make, go ahead. No, go on. Okay. Um, I think what would make a little bit more sense is that you maybe entertain bringing Morris back. Um, and then you obviously have those young guys coming in that can fill a little bit of a role. And then you're just kind of using your exceptions. Like you have that mid, mid level that you'd get for about 9 million. Um, so I think that it's more likely that we're going to be stuck filling it out with a little lesser money guys that you can just play their role. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No. Um, but just based on the situation, like we were talking about with Philly, um, with Jimmy Butler and also Tobias Harris, like they have two flight risk guys. So if like Philly loses at least one of those guys, they're already in a spot where you've got no room to make any mistakes matchup thing or else just, just, you know, be in the right place at the right time. Um, or if it was just the Raptors weren't at that same playing level that they were, that we saw them in the finals. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity here for Ainge to kind of swoop in and do what he does. The only way that he can get involved in the end of what's going on with Houston, um, with them trying to avidly sa salary dump guys like Capella, 
Gordon, Tucker, those kind of guys only become available if you can try and create um, a trade exception through a sign and trade. Now, the reason why I think that might be a possibility is because we heard all this talk about Horford getting like a four-year, $100 million offer from someone. But I don't think Dallas is doing that. I, I haven't heard anything about Dallas doing that at all. Um, we haven't seen anything else really come out about his free agency. You know, it seems like his time in Boston is done, but it seems like he hasn't made a final decision on anything yet. Um, we haven't really heard any more talks from the Celtics on Al Horford or what kind of contract number they were trying to give him. So, I mean, if you could sign and trade Al Horford to go ahead and create more space or even with Kyrie Irving's situation now, like, Apparently, Kyrie Irving hasn't given final word to Boston whether or not he's leaving. But, I mean, all the signs are pointing, obviously, for him going to Brooklyn. So, if there's a sign and trade to work with either of those players, that creates, um, even if you're dealing him at max money, you're getting a $20 million trade exception. So, that can be used to go get a guy like Clint Capella or, I know this would suck, but if you were to combine the trade exception with Jalen Brown to go get Steve Adams, that's a possibility. So one of those guys is definitely going to probably be ending up in green. It's just a matter of how. There's going to need to be some salary cap wizardry to make that happen. If you want to go the easier route, in my opinion, um, you have Time Lord either starting or being a backup, and then you go out and you get a guy, a homegrown guy, in my personal opinion. I would love if we signed him, Nerlens Noel, who just turned down his <laughs> option with the Thunder. I would love him to come back. He's you know born and bred in Malden. He played basketball around there. And I've wanted him in green for a while just because he's a local guy, and I think that the Celtics could really benefit from a defensive big like that. And he's going to be short money, so why not, you know? I agree. No, I love – I when I was talking, uh, I saw on Twitter at work earlier today that option. I got really excited. I wanted him after he got dumped from the mask, but I think he still has potential there, especially defensively and on the rebounding side, blocking shots, getting steals. Um, he does all the fancy stuff defensively, whether his defensive rating or shines, that is a whole other story. But he gets he gets rebounds. He defends the Brendan, what have I been talking about for the last year on this podcast? Celtics need rebounding, rebounding and protecting the rim. <laughs> That's what we need. And he does that for cheap. I would not be upset if we use one of our middle level exceptions for the nine million, like you said, Brendan, right? Yeah, mid mid level nine mil. Yes, potentially Dwayne Dedman. I would really love Dwayne Dedman. I think that's my number one get right now. And I agree. I don't think we should get Adams or Capella because I don't think those are number two players on a championship team. And I don't think Jason Tatum is quite number two player just yet. Maybe in a few years, but I'd rather resurface on that center front than waiting for those guys. Keep giving them contracts until Jason becomes that player, which I personally would. He could either be the. I think he's going to be a best player on a champion one day. But anyway, Dwayne Dedman, Nerlens Noel for cheap. Then you can play Nerlens Noel and Rob. Uh, Rob, I think me and Brendan were talking about probably twelve minutes a game. I don't quite ready yet. Yeah, Nerlens Noel getting those other backup minutes. Dwayne Dedman playing twenty eight to thirty minutes a night. Um, you're just protecting the rim at every single moment of the game and getting rebounds every single game. That would make my heart. Pitter patter of excitement. Um, <laughs> and you get, you know, Dwayne Demon can step out and shoot a little bit. He can shoot it. Um, 
Nerlens Noel offensively doesn't give you much. Offensive rebounding, he's pretty good at. But other than that, that's that's what we need. We just need that. We need someone to run. You know, he's he looks more in shape, too. I mean, he looks, I wouldn't say skinnier, but he looks more built, you know? And I really like that. That's a good point you brought up, Tim, because I was going to bring that up. Nerlens Noel would be a really good get. Wayne Deadman had my for a while. He's good, too. I mean, I, I saw... Um... Brandon had actually shared something for uh, King's Pulse earlier about it. Um, he's a guy that would be a good pickup, especially since you're looking at you know someone who could potentially fill that role of Horford being able to shoot threes. I don't think he shoots at the same clip, but he is still capable of shooting it. So it, at the very least, he gives you some production there. And he he's going to be cheap. You know, he's not going to be too much. I don't know if he falls outside of the Celtics price range, and it, it really depends on how much money they're going to have to play with. Uh, once we see pen to paper on this Kemba deal, hopefully. So, you know, knock on wood with that stuff. You know, you always, after the how badly the Celtics got burned with Kyrie Irving, uh, I'm not taking anything for granted. So I took a look at all of the amount of pick and rolls ran as a ball handler from last year. And out of the amount of times that they were in that situation, where do you think Kemba, Kemba Walker ranks? Sixth. Are we doing like a rank, like one to thirty, or are we doing like a percentile? No, I one to thirty. Give me third. He is first at nine hundred and seventy-one possessions with a fifty-one point five effective field goal percentage. Second one is fifty below him is D'Lo. Third is eight hundred and sixty-eight to Kemba's nine seventy-one is Lillard. Fourth is Donovan Mitchell, 957. Fifth is Lou Williams, 833. So, I mean, Kemba just runs an insane amount of these, and he's damn good at it. And he does these dribble pull-ups most of the time. He can get to the rim and use his body very Isaiah Thomas-ish because they both have that size disadvantage. So that's a way you're able to stop shot blockers. But I think that even him being first in this was because, like we've talked about, Charlotte was so terrible. I think that Kemba oh, yeah. no. is going to work better off ball than Kyrie Irving did. I think Kyrie was okay with it, but he would get too tunnel visioned at times. And you know, it's Kyrie Irving, so you lived with it a little bit. But I think the effect that it had on the other teammates is obviously negative, And Kemba just seems more okay to share it a little bit more. Yeah, especially when you don't have to kick out to Michael Gilchrist or yeah. Jeremy Lamb or Bismack Biombo or name any other player that he's played with for the past eight years. Um, one thing that's interesting too is in terms of durability. And granted, you know, he hasn't been in the playoffs all that much. He's been in the playoffs twice in both times. They were first round exits. I don't blame him for that. Um, but I think he's missed a total of six games over the past four seasons. Like that's yeah, no, yeah. I saw that. Same. That's absurd, man. Like that's for for point guard his size, and as we've been talking about, the amount of free throws and times he drives to the rim, that's that's ridiculous, and that's something that I think the, the Celtics would absolutely love. And and, and what you're saying, is available. Too, uh, exactly. It, now that he's available, you kind of have to jump all over, especially with that gap with Kyrie Irving gone. Now, my question is too: is if you're looking to try and play him off ball, I mean, the Celtics played some of the best basketball they did all season with Kyrie at the one and Smart at the two. Now, as we were talking about before with trade scenarios, 
does this make a guy like Jalen Brown, who's going to be up for a big extension next summer, available? Is that something that you consider? Do you ask a team like maybe Indiana, you know, if you could throw in a first-round pick, do you try and make a run for Miles Turner that fills a need on your team or or a Dementis Sabonis? Or do you look at another team, maybe maybe Timberwolves decide that, you know what, we got to do a full-on reboot. Do you try and go after Carl Anthony Towns? Is there some other move that we're not seeing? At this point, like I'm, I, I'm leaving it up to you guys to fill in the blanks because I just don't trust Danny Ainge to like not blow my mind right now yeah. because I did not see come, I did not see Kemba coming here. I did not see that happening. But then again, you know, this is the NBA; it's unnecessarily dramatic. But I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, for Cat, I don't think it would be just Jalen. If if Cat was available, I'm throwing the house at Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, like, yeah. I really don't care. Like, if I was okay, like, I was okay with if we got AD, I was okay with that. I'm, AD's obviously the better player, but I'm okay with, if, I don't, I would think more with Tatum in that deal as well. But Carl Anthony Towns right now is a top 15 player in the NBA, in my opinion. Offensively, as a center, he's probably the greatest ever, like, in terms of, like, overall offense and how elite of a level he does a lot of different He's a phenomenal talent. We, I mean, the game is changing, so we might see this more and more often. But he's changing the like he's changing the game. No one's really noticing. He gets a buttload of rebounds. Defensively, he's still working. I don't think he's awful. I think it okay, like bad a little bit, but not like awful. He blocks a shot or two. He's athletic as hell. He runs the floor. He dunk, shoot from all three levels efficiently. He shot 40% from three the last two seasons, I think, or like the last three seasons. I mean, gets 12, you know, 11, 10 to 12 rebounds a night, gives you 25, 22 to 26 a night. That's a player at a position of need. Now, the Miles Turner one's actually quite interesting. Um, that's something I would probably have to think about, because I love Jalen Brown, and I do really do think he's going to be a player. But you already have Marcus Smart lined up for 16, uh, 13 mil for the next three seasons. Plus, he, you know, if you think about it, in the fourth quarter, we play Marcus Smart over Jalen Brown all the time. So, Marcus is basically just a starter off the bench who gets starter like minutes. If you can get a position in need, run like lineup of Kemba, Marcus, Gordon, Jason, Turner. That's a cute little lineup, and that might – I don't know. That's actually a very one to think about. I mean, he's got a contract extension going until 2023. Um, yeah. And, I mean, he's – for 2018-19, he's getting paid about 3.3 mil. But the question is, is like, how, how attainable is that kind of player? I mean, you're going to have to pay Jalen Brown soon. So, it's – you're you're in this spot where if you go out and you sign Kemba, you've got stability at your point guard spot for the next four seasons at least. Um, and then you can have Marcus Smart eventually move over to that spot if Kemba were to ever leave. Um, but, you know, you, you start to have to think about all these picks you've got coming in. Now you've got the Bucks first rounder, which is top seven protected. You've got still that Grizzlies pick that's still um, under protection until 2021, I think. And you've got the Celtics pick next year. And God forbid the Celtics go make any other deals to get more first round picks. So you've got assets. If you really need to go ahead and get a big man, 
if you have to give up assets and it's a guy who's under contract and he's on the young side, you can part with these picks. It's just a matter of making that work. You know, at the end of the day, it's it, it's it's about constructing the best roster you can without giving up too much. But maybe things have gotten so bad with everything going on with the team last year. I wonder how much Jalen Brown is on board with the Celtics right now. I wonder if there's issues there. You know, it seems like he butted heads with Tatum. He butted heads with uh, Morris at one point. He butted heads with Smart. He definitely butted heads with Kyrie. So is there bad blood there? I, I, I don't know. But there's a lot to work with there in terms of what you've got for capital. And if the Celtics can cash in on someone who's young and under, you know, contract control for a few years, it would probably put a lot of people's minds at ease. Yeah. I do really like the idea of Turner for the Celtics. I think I would do that swap for Brown. Um, I just don't know why Indiana would. I know that they're getting rid of a yep. center because uh, now they have Gogos, Sabonis, and Miles Turner. Um, I mean, the last one I would give up is Turner, but I guess the way that you would do it is if you had a lot of interest in Brown. And I would guess that they're going to be bringing back Bojan Bogdanovic. That's their three. Depot's clearly the two, um, unless maybe you want to try and run him at the one a little bit. So I don't quite see the fit for Brown there. Um, and I think that Jalen is going to get this opportunity this year. And if we do move him, it's going to be by the deadline. But that's somebody that we are going to keep an eye on because Danny's not going to let him walk for nothing. And he's going to get a be decent payday I think unless he really just dramatically falls off this year there's no progression but I don't think that's going to be the case with Jalen Brown I think that we're really going to have to gauge how we feel about him up to this trade deadline and a lot of guys take this jump in their fourth year that Jalen's going into uh, we saw Giannis do it Depot do it it's a very common most improved player year so if Jalen can do it where really he can just be more under control he has the defensive capabilities the lateral quickness and but it's understanding the defense he gets lost a lot of time on all the switches the Celtics do or where he needs to be helping so I mean and I also have a spot for a soft spot for this guy he's my probably my favorite player on the team I've just always loved Jalen but if he can put it all together this year then I think he definitely keeps a spot on this team because it's possible but if he gets discouraged because maybe they do start smart at the two and put him into the second unit where he's running that if he get, get, gets discouraged then maybe he is moved by the deadline but I think that we're going to give him a chance here for a little bit I mean it makes no sense to not give him that chance but I just wonder if there's any kind of friction there then I just I just don't want to repeat a last season you know I just don't want any more drama on this team and if there's anyone that's creating drama uh, I want them to be shown the door yeah. Uh, regardless of the talent level, it's just been it's too much. This uh, this last season has taken quite a toll on the fan base, and I think especially with how everyone's reacting to the Kemba news and rumors so far, it seems like a, like a palate cleanser is exactly what this team and franchise needs. Yeah, I agree. I think everyone would get their left nut for all that to like, never happen again. Maybe yeah. the right one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, you can do your right. I mean, whatever nut you want to, you know, give up for the non-drama Celtics to happen. I mean, I don't know. What, okay, well, say this, say this, say this. Say we do look to trade Jalen because either, you know, for reason this, that, or the other, what 
team would take him. I mean, like you said, uh, Indiana doesn't seem like much of a fit. They have their two and three locked up, and Aaron Holiday was looking like a, a decent prospect that can probably be something I think Indiana would rather at least see where Aaron Holiday goes for a year or two before committing to somebody else. What team would you say? Is it too early to say? Because we don't really know the market right now. Uh, what markets do you see up for Jalen Brown, especially for someone who wants to give up a center? I think the one that um, that Tim mentioned is OKC. I mean, OKC loves these athletic guys, and Jalen Brown is the definition of that. I mean, if he was running in transition with them and gives them a little bit of much-needed spacing, I think the OKC could, would work well there. Um, I'm not the most happy with just getting like it would. I could see maybe if you got Steven Adams in return, if we did talk that sign and trade, I wouldn't be the most happy with that return for Jalen. But at the same time, if you know you're not going to sign him, then that's a great get back as an asset and someone that's still fairly young. Um, that's the main one that sticks out to me is OKC. I just hope you can try and flip Kyrie or Horford. So, I mean, the thing is right now, you have to renounce Horford and Kyrie in order to get Kemba. So it's like they're a special kind of order of operations or like does a sign and trade and getting that trade player exception, like does that put a hard cap on the team? Does that complicate things? Or is there just going to be some like ridiculous three or four team deal that's going to somehow net the Celtics a center? Like I just I just don't know. And at this point, like I can't rule out anything because Danny Ainge is just up to his schemes, man. You know, he wasn't joking when he said, you know, they've got plans A through Z for this offseason. And so far, I I guess they're on to, you know, plan K. You know, we'll see what happens with Cardiac Kemba. You know, hopefully we get a finalization of that deal soon. But, you know, I, I can't rule anything out with Danny. Especially, it seems like he's a very desperate man these days, but not desperate enough to put the uh, franchise future at risk. And just to look at some of the other centers that are a little bit on the lower end here, go through a couple names. You guys mentioned Nerlens Noel. There's Rashawn Holmes, Kavon Looney, JaVale McGee, um, Ed Davis. And so, Cantor, too. Yeah, Cantor's not bad. I mean, DeAndre Jordan maybe could have some interest. I've tried to shut down any Willie Cauley-Stein. I just, there's no effort on the defensive end. He thinks he's a star when he's not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's... Okay, guys, but none of those players I'd be happy with being our starting center. Yeah, I mean, I could live with that. It really just depends how you build up the rest of the roster and, you know, where you've got people playing. Like, do you, are you starting Gordon at the four or are you having Tatum play that? It's, I just don't want there to be any more roster crunching more than there already was last year. I think by taking a, a massive ego out of the room and bringing in someone like Kemba, Maybe that makes changes. I feel like in in that sense, losing Kyrie and pulling in Kemba is a, addition by subtraction. But then you have this massive gap, as we've been talking about at the five without Horford's departure. So it'll be really interesting to see how they kind of change defensively as a team. Um, and, and if they try and focus on a guy who's just a pure rebounder, or what, what a small ball lineup is going to look like with the Celtics now. There's just... There's a lot of opportunities. It's just with going out and getting a guy like Kemba, you just don't have as much money to work with. So it's going to be falling on the front office to get really creative with what they've got for players and what they've got for assets to try and swing a deal that makes sense and get a guy who fits with, with the least amount of you know 
capital cost possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else for us to get into right now? I really feel like there isn't until Sunday comes. I really feel like there's nothing else we can really go upon without it being, you know, same old song and dance. Yeah. I mean, Cody, you got anything? I think I'm good. Uh, I think I'm good. I just want to point out how I, you know, spent like 10 minutes the other day talking about how no freedom's ever going to come to Boston. And then, oh, oh yeah. hey, by the way, Kemba wants to sit here for the rest of his life. So uh, there goes Cody again, saying things that he has no clue what he's talking about. I should just give up the sports thing. I'm going to start a, a knitting podcast. Check me out, Knitting Pulse, on Spotify. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, that's it for me. Yeah, I guess that's going to be it. Um, thank you, to everybody, for listening to this episode of the Celtic Center. You will hear from us again in a few days.